Welcome to Tidbits at TicketBud, the podcast all about events and event organizers for event organizers. My name is Kehan Amadi, CEO of TicketBud. Today we're going to talk with Aaron and Connor from Mexicarte about their upcoming event, Taste of Mexico, which is happening Wednesday, May 1st here in Austin, Texas. We're going to talk about uh, all everything going on with their event as well as just organizing events in general, the ups and downs of events and best practices. Uh, Aaron, Connor, thanks so much for being in the office today. First of all, tell us a little bit about Mexicarte Museum, the organization that you guys work with, and um, you know, give us some background, let the audience kind of get a better understanding of what you guys are doing. Hey, this is Connor. Uh, so the Mexicarte Museum was founded in 1984 by three artists, Sylvia Orozco, Pio Polito, and Sam Coronado. They came to Central Texas and specifically Austin with the mission to collect, preserve, and educate people about Mexican and Latinx art and culture. And that's what we've been doing for the past 34 years on the corner of 5th and Congress downtown. Yeah, um, with that, you know, we try to do uh, different things through the museum to educate people. So we have, the, of course, the Taste of Mexico Festival. It's a culinary arts festival we hold every year. And from there, we have our Day of the Dead Parade. We have exhibitions, programs, in our education program. Uh, so you could say there's something going around every time, all year round. Yeah. So Taste of Mexico, one of Mexicarte's signature events. What can an attendee expect from Taste of Mexico this year? You know, let, let it, like teach us a little bit about this event. What's going on? What are you guys putting together for us here? So at this event, uh, we want to bring together, you know, about 50 vendors, all kinds of food, drinks, desserts, to really celebrate the intricacy and the breadth of Mexican cuisine. It's something that kind of gets glossed over as quesadillas or Tex-Mex or just something to pour queso on top of. And we really want to rebel against that idea at the Taste of Mexico and show people, you know, what all they can have and what is from Mexico that they might not even realize. So the event is held Wednesday, May 1st at Browsers Hall. And with that, um, what we try to do is really spotlight the diversity in the, of the cuisine here in Austin. So we have we feature chefs, we feature dessert, as Connor said, the tequilas, mezcalas. And one of the things that we try to do is really show how the cuisine has changed, you know, and like how different people are doing Mexican cuisine in Austin from something like Tex-Mex, you know, to something that's more faithful to the two different regions, you know, like ATX Cocina does things central to or faithful to central Mexico, you know, same with Leches, while there's Serranos, Madis that do something that's more conventional in terms of like Tex Mex, you know, that we we see here more prominently. So Taste of Mexico has evolved over the years. This is obviously not the first Taste of Mexico. It's it's an annual event. How long has Taste of Mexico been uh, been going on? How many years have you guys been, been putting this together as an organization? And and where has it evolved from? And, and where are you guys trying to take it? So Taste of Mexico began under different auspices in 1998. We've been doing it for 19 years now, 21. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at math. Um, for 21 years now. And uh, we really wanted to take it from a kind of a smaller community event to something that people could be really excited about and want to come out to and experience culture, cuisine, and see that as an extension of the museum and what we bring to the community. 
And I, I think an important thing to note from here is that there's already some amazing food festivals in Austin. You know, you think like Hot Luck that just launched a few years back. You think Austin Food and Wine. And they're amazing, you know, but I like off the top of my head, I can't think of an amazing like Mexican food festival. And maybe there is, you know, but I eat plenty of Mexican food. You think I'd know by now, you know, but with that in mind, I mean, for us, it's to the goal would be to establish the preeminent Mexican food festival in the southwest, you know, where people really want to engage the, the culture and the cuisine from there. And we really show, I, I guess we amplify all of these diverse stories, and people can go and engage it in a meaningful manner. Yeah, Aaron, that's a great point. I mean, I growing up here in Austin, living in Austin, Mexican food is almost taken for granted, and there's a lot of, you know, kind of uh, Tex-Mex Mexican food that, that a lot of people are more familiar with as opposed to, you know, the, the true interior Mexican cuisine or different regional cuisines of Mexico. And you're right, there really isn't uh, a festival that celebrates the diversity of Mexican cuisine that I've been to or experienced, at least in Austin. Um, so as a museum, as a cultural center, how important are these types of, of paid events to help your mission statement and help power and, and fund the programs that you guys put on in the local community? What does this event mean for you know your mission? So all the profits from Taste of Mexico go directly into our upcoming exhibition season for the following year and our education programs at the museum. Um, it costs money to put these events on, so we do try and raise that to cover it, but then the rest of it off the top is just goes straight back into the community. It's something that people can feel good about attending, experiencing culture and all this amazing food, but also knowing that their, their dollars are going straight back into the community. Yeah, and to add to that, I mean, it's a great way for us to engage the community. I think that a lot of times when you, you know, when people think of a museum, you know, sometimes it might seem as an esoteric place or something that's hard to engage. Once you're in the museum walls, it's different, and the experience is different for everybody else. But to have a Mexican food festival or, you know, a food festival and engage people through food, there's a personal element to it, you know, and when people engage that and they engage the museum through that, it's a lot easier to connect with them after that through everything else that we do, you know, throughout the year. But again, you know, like I say this, I mean, you give me food, I'm going to love you. You know, it's just it's just how it is, you know, and I feel I don't think that's unique to me. So obviously we can expect some of the, the stalwarts of the local Austin Mexican culinary scene here. But Taste of Mexico is more than just, you know, big signature restaurants. You're you're bringing in. Uh, different uh, restaurants, different size restaurants, uh, you know, fine dining to, you know, uh, food trailers that are knocking something out of the park that are really, really specific in their offering. And so in addition to just celebrating local cuisine, it's also an opportunity for discovery. If you're a, a fan of Mexican food, uh, you can go to Taste of Mexico. Like you, I think, Connor, you said there was going to be something like 40, 50 different vendors there and, and probably find something that you're, you know, not familiar with even if you're, you know, the Tex-Mex king or a Mexican food fanatic here in Austin, you're probably going to find something that you haven't seen before. Yeah, and I think that speaks to a really interesting point in that, you know, Mexican food does like, when you go to Mexico, you see Mexican food, like, happening in the streets, you know, like, it's, you have street food, you have, like, indigenous people cooking, you have, like, these traditions that are outside, like, these pristine establishments. I mean, and within that, they, are, they do exist there as well. But I mean, like Mexican food is of the people, you know, and with that, 
like for us to be able to bridge the gap here in Austin to like put something like an ATX Cocina or a Comedor next to a Pueblo Viejo, you know, or a Tacos Guerrero, you know, and just have them side by side and people just try them both and say, hey, these are, they are all doing amazing things. And one of them's like, you know, beautiful restaurant. The other one's a little taco truck. You know, you just walk up to and you say, hey, give me whatever this taco is, you know. So it, it really is a unique in that we're constantly bridging gaps through this. So Taste of Mexico, all about food, all about bringing different restaurants together. How do you bring these rest- different restaurants? How do you create this restaurant participation? And, and what's the mutual upside? Obviously, this benefits the local community and benefits Mexicarte and people can come in and have an awesome time. But also, you're, you're asking these food vendors, these restaurants to come in and participate, but they're getting something out of this too, right? It's not just, you know, it's not just out of goodwill. There's they're getting something, whether it's the small guy that's getting discoverability or the big guy, you know, for an ATX Cocina or, or a Fonda San Miguel. What are these guys getting out of this experience? So one of the my favorite things about this event is that there's a true one-to-one connection between the attendees and the chefs. Um, I, I myself have gone in the past few years and I've had direct conversations with the head chefs at these restaurants, the women who run them, with you know, just about their favorite thing to make and their favorite thing to give to other people and cook for them. And I think that's something really beautiful. And most of the time I didn't even realize that I was having this one-to-one human connection with the head honcho of this restaurant. So and I've, I've kind of built those friendships with a brand almost and been able to go in and see, you know, the, the person behind this beautiful immaculate machine. And um, the way we kind of form this process is interesting because a lot of it is you know, who are the big names, who are the most high-profile high people, but we also have our personal picks of saying, like, hey, I love this taco truck. Can we get, is there any way we can get them in? These people are doing something amazing that I know about. Maybe not everybody else does, but they need to know about it. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that just one of the important things with that is that, you know, as we discussed, like, how we, how these communicate, how these restaurants communicate with people in that, a lot of times people go to restaurants, you know, whether it's ATX Cocina or something. Again, we keep mentioning them as kind of like one of the busier ones in town. You know, people go, they have a great experience, you know, but they don't get to connect with the chef. They have the food and it's, it's amazing and then they move on, you know. But for the people that are participating in restaurants, it, it is a really authentic way to communicate with audiences in a very direct way, you know, in a way those ways that like you can't you can't replicate that in the restaurant unless you go like at a really slow time, you know? So it, it, it is very authentic in that sense. Yeah. Expanding upon that, one of the things that we see in our industry in the ticketing industry is that, uh, with, especially with these larger brands is they're looking at events as a way to create engagement, right? Like you said, there's these smaller taco trucks and this event for them is all about discovery, you know, um, expanding, um, that the audience that they can reach, but for these established brands, it's, it's connecting more directly with the consumer and creating that one-to-one exchange. Um, so switching gears a little bit, uh, we talked a lot about Mexicarte, we talked about, uh, taste of Mexico and what you can expect. But let's talk about, you know, the perspective of the event organizer. What have been some of the ways that you guys have effectively promoted Taste of Mexico and, and helped create an audience and, and help get the word out about this event? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. So, you know, like right now people talk about like influencer marketing and, you know, you rely on influencers to tell the story of your brand or whatever it is that you're working on. And for us, you know, it was 
working collaboratively collaboratively with the chefs we you know we really did want to rely on them as advocates for the festival you know like who better to talk about the festival and the people that are participating in that and amplify what you're doing you know they have been great they are very supportive and with that they help us spread the word you know from there we've kind of you know i guess we're jumping on this like chef's table craze and then we're creating these little micro documentaries with five of the featured chefs and what they're doing we're featuring puebla and we're just going we're chatting with them and we're just letting them discuss you know their influences that things that are informed their understanding of the cuisine things where they see the you know the cuisine going or the culinary scene in austin going and we started releasing those through our Facebook, our YouTube page. And, you know, so you'll see Daniel Brooks from Lichas. You'll see Ali McMillan from ATX Cocina, Gabe Alex from Comedor, Margarita Mendez from Pueblo Viejo, and April Galindo from the Four Seasons, you know. So, again, uh, for us, it's it's a way for to, I guess, work collaboratively with the chefs to tell these stories. That's a great strategy. We, you know, we're, we're in this age right now of content and content creation and leveraging content creation for promotion. So that's a great piece of advice. We talk about this, um, you know, in other podcasts and other blogs, um, specifically for our, our event organizers on our platform, that one of the great ways to build a growing audience or to grow your audience is, is to create content around your event and utilize and leverage the content that your event is like you guys are creating these little five minute documentaries all about you know these famous chefs well it, it's a food festival like people want to connect with these chefs people want to get some sort of deeper understanding and connection it's a great opportunity to create some sort of content and create a narrative and a story around that and you you were touching on that earlier um what have been some of the some of the challenges this year producing event i mean every event organizer you know has some hurdle to get through has some uh, some some challenge. What what have been some of the difficulties this year that you guys have have gotten over? Well, one of the big things that you know, as a fundraiser, I'm focused on is making sure that the event is extremely profitable for the museum and ultimately our education and exhibition programs. This is a vehicle for us to bring culture to the community in a variety of different ways. So, uh, one of the big things that I've been doing is reaching out and creating a sort of relationship with our sponsors and getting so that each party can get the most out of this relationship and provide a service for them, help them reach the people that they want to reach in the creative and interesting ways that they want to reach them. So kind of revamping and revitalizing the sponsorship program for Taste of Mexico has been a unique challenge for me. Um, we also would like to expand our audiences beyond our core museum audience. So uh, one of the things I've been doing is reaching out to our downtown neighbors and saying like, hey, come on in, check us out. We do this awesome art. But we also put on these amazing events, so come out and see that and uh, get them plugged in all the way to the museum. Yeah, sponsorships, really, really important for any event organizer. A great way to help uh, offset, defer some of the costs. How important is creating a sponsorship program to a successful growing event or to an institution like Mexicarte that puts on several events a year, what advice could you give to other event organizers when they're just starting to think about, uh, you know, do I need a sponsorship program? How do I, like, what's step one? Because it's this big, crazy, daunting thing, right? And you already have these existing relationships. You already have this compelling brand. What piece of advice could you give to an event organizer that's looking to start out? So I start every conversation with our potential sponsors with the same question, and that's 
what, how can this be the best event for you? Like, how can we create a relationship that gives us both exactly what we want? And then after we suss out those details, who they're trying to reach, how they're trying to reach them, we go from there. And I often, and you know, I have my own set of sponsorship levels, the basics, but I really want to create tailored packages for people that help them get exactly what they want and um, reach those audiences. So Taste of Mexico, like you said, it's an annual event. It's been going on since 1998. It's been a big part of Mexicarte. And with all annual events, you have, you have kind of this intrinsic challenge where your audience, your core audience, has a certain expectation about what this event is because they've been to it in the past. But you as an event organizer, you want to grow the event. You want to increase revenues from the event to fund your mission statement. And how do you balance that? How do you balance a customer set expectations with driving innovation and creating new engagement. So with that, I think you really have to have like a direction for what it is that you're doing. So for us, it was really important that we spoke to the diversity of the cuisine in Austin. And of course, that that's always how it's, the festival will be oriented. But with that, you are able to engage that in different ways. So last year, we did indigenous influences in Mexican cuisine. You know, so we wanted to have that storytelling component. We wanted to say, okay, this is the way that corn is part of Mexican cuisine. This is the way that agave is part of Mexican cuisine. And so again, it's oriented in that way. But then it shifts. You know, so when people come back this year, we, again, they're engaging the diversity of the cuisine. But now. This year we're doing the influence of Puebla, Mexico in Mexican cuisine, you know, so it's not just mole. And as people come, they can really delve into that and they have experts, you know, people that are actually not only speaking to that, but actually creating cuisine and actually letting them experience that on their own. And I think that's a valuable thing, you know, to say, hey, we're engaging storytelling beyond just something visual. It's like it's a visceral thing from there. And to kind of piggyback on that, on that theme of Puebla, one of the beautiful things about the cuisine of Puebla is that it was sort of a mixing pot of cultures in, in Mexico. So there's, there's French influences, there's Middle Eastern influences, there's Spanish influences, and it really, it's a beautiful fusion of culture that we're trying to display through the event. Yeah, and I think to add, finally, to, to add to your add-on, you know, uh, to be honest, um, one of the biggest misconceptions of, honestly, any cuisine, not just Mexican cuisine, is that these are static cuisines in that, you know, Mexican cuisine is this one thing and that's it, not only in terms of space and history, but in terms of time, you know, where it doesn't evolve from there. And for us, it's really important that, you sh that we show the evolution of the cuisine, that it, we say it's, we show it's fluid and it's informed by, you know, region, which, you know, it's a big thing, ingredients you know, family histories and, you know, and from there you see that it's constantly changing, you know, and with that, you know, what you engage in terms of Mexican cuisine right now, it's going to be different from what you engage 10, 15, 20 years from now. And that's what's exciting about it, you know, so even though it's familiar, it's also different. So that's a great answer, right? You're, you're trying to evolve this event year over year and the event's all about you know, Mexican cuisine, and within that Mexican cuisine, there's this huge, rich, vast world of different regions or different themes and elephants, elements that you can focus on for an annual basis to, you know, create something new and, and create something, a new narrative year over year. Um, so one of, the, one of the questions we like to ask event organizers, it, that's a challenge for any event and any event organizer, is how do you determine ticket pricing? Uh, 
especially for you know an event like this where you want to obviously fund and and create revenue for all these amazing programs that you do but at the same time you want to create you know drive a big audience how do you guys think about ticket pricing um and how do you evolve that you know over time so the relationship between profitability and accessibility is a huge one and one that we really want to honestly side on the side of uh, accessibility for. So we, t we take a look at the, our, our annual budget for Taste of Mexico. We look at our ticket sales the previous year and our sponsorships the previous year and we say how can we you know, meaningfully and realistically grow these to this year. And then we take these ticket prices and we just basically market them as aggressively low as we can to make the event accessible to anybody who would who'd want to come. Our ticket prices sit this year at 65 and which is I would say very low compared to many of the other food festivals of this caliber in Austin. Yeah, and with that, it, it is important, you know, Connor talks about accessibility, but with that, we have to say that, like, you know, it, it's about engagement, you know. We don't want people not to engage, not only not taste the Mexico and the chefs, but Mexicarte because they're put off by a really big price, you know. The goal is to continuously engage people in Mexican, Latin American culture, you know, and for them to really delve into it and experience it in its different forms. So for us as a museum, you know, we have varied programming, whether it's our Day of the Dead Festival, receptions, gallery showings, you know, we've had music at the museum, you know. And back in the day, we used to have like theater shows there, you know, and that, yeah, punk shows, you know, so those are, maybe you can have our executive director come on and she can tell you more about that, you know, yeah. but with that, you know, like the whole point is that you're engaging all these different examples of aesthetic expressions of Mexican culture and it's all in all its different iterations. And for us, you know, like it, we want to make it accessible and we want people to engage it. You know, having gone to a bunch of different food festivals and uh, been a, a, an attendee, you know, $65, really, really affordable for what you're getting because you're getting some top tier restaurants. You're inside an air conditioned environment. You're not, you know, outside in a trailer park that has lines that are, you know, 50 people deep waiting for, you know, a tiny little sample while you're, you're in the hot Texas heat. So uh, definitely appreciate what you guys are doing and the pricing that you're creating to really get uh, a lot of participation from the local community. Um, proceeds from Taste of Mexico benefit Mexicarte Museum's art education programs like the Screen It program. And I think our audience would really love to hear more about the Screen It program and what your mission is doing and some of the positive outcomes that you're getting out of this program. Like what are, what are their tickets going to? What, what, do you, what does going to Taste of Mexico, buying a ticket, what is that turning into in the local community? So that's one of my favorite things about this event and working at the museum is that Taste of Mexico supports our education and our exhibition programs. Uh, one of our favorite is Screen It. It uh, brings screen printers, people who walk the walk and live, make their own living through screen printing into these underserved schools in the Dove Springs area of Austin. Um, they teach kids after school screen printing methods and uh, a little bit of marketing, entrepreneurship skills so that they can not only create and express themselves creatively, but they have a chance to create their own business or market their own work or have a little side hustle after they're done with school. Um, and so when you're walking into this amazing experience, there's booths, there's food, there's tequila, there's mezcal, there's a DJ, there's mariachis, you're also giving straight back to your community and helping support some of the most vulnerable people in Austin. And we actually received an award in 2016 from Michelle Obama, the National Arts and Humanities Youth Program 
award, and uh, we're super proud of that.